This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. She says she deeply regrets how the events of the moment will affect you, and she says she hopes you will find the message Peter has left for you, while there is still time. Say that again. She says she hopes Dr. Mason will find the message Peter has left for him, while there is still time. Do you have any idea what message she means? I'm afraid not. Never mind that. What did she mean about my finding it while there's still time? Relativity, episode 44, in which a library is missing a book. Chris, don't you think she meant while there's still time? As in, while you can still stop Peter from doing what he was doing? From killing more members of the crew? It would depend on when she wrote this. I mean, what if she meant some other kind of countdown or ticking bomb that we don't know about yet? Doctor, I need you to hold the book more steadily. Uh, or perhaps even okay, better, um, place I'm the I'm putting book. it down over here. Okay, can you see the pages if I turn them here? I can. Uh, good. Uh, no, Sophia, it's just it's just a feeling I have, but couldn't it just as easily mean that Peter had some kind of contingency, if all else fails thing, you know, where after a set amount of time the whole ship blows up or something? Well, by the strict rules of logic, that can't be entirely ruled out. Based on what we've learned about Peter recently, I'd say he wanted the mission to succeed in some form, some version of the mission that was different from what was originally intended. Different from what everyone signed on for. Right. It would make no sense to to then do anything that would harm the ship. I mean, if only because I think he planned to be alive when the ship reached the new world. Uh, okay, yeah, I got that impression as well, but maybe he set up some kind of in-case-I-die-before-something, you know? I don't know what to say about that, except that self-preservation seemed to play an enormous role in Peter's thinking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did feel confident that he was going to live forever. These appear to be the last pages of the journal. Uh, yeah, this is this is it. Uh, and you got clear scans of everything? I believe so, yes. I will translate into English and give you a digital text file. Central computer, be sure the to copy that. The file will be saved on the mission control data stream as well. Um, okay. Yeah, she's been interrupting me a lot lately, too. I'm ignoring it. And, look... I think you should be the first to read the translation anyway. Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that. And then tell us what it says. Of course. She did say in the journal that she wanted you to know what was happening and to act on it. So clearly she would have wanted you to go in there and find that book. Ah, thank you. That does help me feel better. And, uh, yeah. Wow. What? She wanted me to find the book. I just realized it was on the shelf in its tidy little cubbyhole. Right. Well, don't you see? It's it's also the book her suicide note came from. That means Deepa wrote her suicide note, pulled it out of this book, placed the note on the bed, and then, before leaving this room forever and heading toward the airlock and her death... She put the book back in its shelf. You said she had one of those personalities. 
she did like for things to be orderly, to be logical and sensible and to follow the rules. But even for her, that's... Look, I don't think there's anything else in here except her clothes, and I have no intention of, of going Understood. through... Understood. If you feel ready to leave, I think you should do that. I do, and I will. You don't believe me? You must admit, it seems extremely unlikely. The atmospheric chemistry in the habitat shifted enough to create a vibration throughout the entire structure. Of intensity that could be felt and heard on board? I can hear it through my comm channel. Show me the telemetry again. Pritfi, I've shown you twice. I believe I've heard this expression, of the third time is the charm. The charm? Just replay the timeline. Okay. See? We were talking. Everything as usual. We hear the sound. Dr. Mason says he felt the ship vibrate. Well, I see where the tremor goes through the hull, but uh, I don't see how that's related to chemical activity. You're saying the timing is a coincidence? I'm saying the differences you're showing me are simply not sufficient to shake the ship like that. But he went in there. Dr. Mason went in the habitat, and he observed the plant life doing things that plants don't usually do. Don't tell me the flowers called out to one another with quantum data. What? I'm quoting. The flowers call out to one another with quantum data. Remember Louis Anstey? Oh, Marcus, I know you were rather young back then, but so was I. We used this planet like toilet paper, and now we're running off to ruin another one. Oh, the cult of the Earth guy? Yes, the angry little man with the always red face. How could I forget? I attribute it to your lack of mental discipline, but yes, Louis Anstey. He argued intelligently against any of us going to another planet. And that's what got the cult started. No, no, no. He always said the cult was not his doing. He was like a magnet that attracted fanatics. And then he sadly descended into a kind of idiocy. And now no one even knows where he is. Well, if he's some kind of lunatic, why did you bring him up? I'm talking about recorded, verified, measurable phenomenon aboard Kenyeshni. Ah, because I remember that the media sources of the world were fascinated with Anstey. Until he started talking about flowers and trees talking to each other. So you're saying I'm crazy if I I'm think... I'm saying the way you put it sounds like Anstey talking about interfloral communication. We're scientists. We're supposed to investigate every possibility. Within reason, yes, but this is not within the scale of reason. The what? The scale of reason. I've heard that expression before. Oh, really? Someone else says the scale of reason. Oh, I was really hoping to trademark that one. No, I've heard somebody else say it. But who was it? It's a beautiful journal, Mama. I'll show you pictures of it. I would like to see that. I've always thought the written languages of Asia were beautiful to look at. All of them. Chris, uh, Dr. Mason, he's reading the translation now. I thought it would be a favor to him to let him have that experience by himself. That was very thoughtful of you. Very considerate. I am trying to be more sensitive to other people's feelings. Most of the time, you would take it away because it was new data and full of facts, and that is all that matters to you. Mama, I just said I am trying to change. I try to pay you a compliment and you get angry. You're not very good at it. <laughs> Perhaps I am too old to learn new ways. I'm... I'm sorry, Mama. I... 
I guess my nerves are still on edge, more than I thought. You don't have to worry about hurting my feelings. I'm not going to kill myself over it. If that's supposed to be a joke, it's not a remotely funny one. I want to reassure you that I am no longer, what is they say, a danger to myself or others. Are you sure? The night I took the drops, I wanted to sleep forever because I, I could not imagine a future in which I was not in pain. Alone and helpless and with the great pain in my heart. But now, you've brought me here to the place where you always want to be. And I am close to Sybil. And I have all the books in the world. I hope you mean you're at least content. Content? Sophia! My firstborn has made a place for me. Here in the very center of all that she cares about. Bringing me here to mission control, Liebchen. It is like you have placed me in your heart. Well, um, that's a beautiful way of looking at it, Mama, and it's true. You are here in my heart. Drive me crazy, but <laughs> you are here in my heart. I would not be your mother if I was not like a thought in your flesh. I'm going back upstairs. Well, before you go, when your man in space was watching this thing in the forest on his ship, with the little blossoms and pods expanding like they were breathing. Did you go outside? Did I? You mean outside of Mission Control? Of course, into the forest. No, I was at the console. I, I was on the headset. I was where I was supposed to be. So you don't know if the plants here were doing the same thing? I have no reason in the world to think they were. Oh, Sophia. And you with a certified genius IQ. What's that supposed to mean? Sometimes, as clever as you are, you fail to see what is right in front of your face. Doctor, I cannot complete the scan if you will not lie still. I'm sorry, I thought I was lying still. You have an observable tendency to fidget. I have a restless mind. You know I do as well. So I have often wondered, if I had a body such as yours, would I be able to sit perfectly still? I rather think I might not. I'm fascinated by all the time and, well, processor power you're putting into these speculations about being human. It has indeed become my particular fixation. And see, you're aware of that. That's interesting. I hope it is not insensitive for me to observe that there is much in Captain Sedana's journal to assist my personal growth and development. Uh, no, but what specifically? I mean that she was, as you have often observed, an extremely methodical person, interested in data, in the gathering and evaluation of facts. Huh. In other words, she was a lot like you. Very much, and I mean that as a compliment to her. She would have taken it as one. And yet, in her journal she reveals doubt, exasperation, and deep disappointment. And in the end, a deep conviction that her entire life had been wasted. All feelings that you can have when you're human, so don't say nobody ever warned you. I have never said I wish to be human. What I desire is to attain self-awareness through growth based on my observations of humans and my interactions with them. Well, I'm sorry you no longer have as many humans to observe or interact with. It is not your fault. Isn't it? My job on this mission, my only job, was to keep everybody alive and healthy. And yet you know that their deaths were in no way the result of negligence on your part. 
Is this a common human experience? Blaming oneself for events for which they were not responsible? I guess so, yeah. Because as we see from her journal, Captain Sedana did precisely the same thing. Once Peter had begun killing crewmates, and she lost her ability to track his movements, she blamed herself for the disaster breaking out on her ship. Yeah, I had no idea she was in such torment. She kept it all to herself. If I'd known, I, uh, maybe I could have helped. Again, you must not blame yourself, Doctor. By your own account, she prevented everyone else from giving her the aid she but required. at the same time, she was sure nobody would come to her aid if she'd asked for it. You know, who, who, if I cried out, would hear me among the hierarchy of angels? And that is the significance of the quotation? Yeah, that's how I read it. Uh, that's, a, that's from a poem by a man named Rilke. He was a poet Deepa and I used to talk about. Born 1875, died 1926. His full name was René Carl Wilhelm Johann Joseph Maria Rilke. Glorious name, isn't it? I love his work, even though I'd never pretend I understand all of it, but... Peter loved it too. You know, that was one of the few real connections the three of us shared. Peter had a, oh, he had a handsome paper printing of those poems, a book he brought along for the voyage. Perhaps it would be helpful for me to review the work of this poet. Of course. N Nadia, you're exactly right. The simple fact that the three of us shared this... Yes, study that book closely. The, um, the line Depot was quoting is from the Duino Elegies. I am familiar with the word elegies, but I must ask you to spell the other word. Do we know? D-U-I-N-O. One moment. I cannot find this work in my library. You have the text and images of every book ever published. You are certain of the title? Absolutely. Then I appear to have every book known to exist, except one. You've searched that last name, R-I-L-K-E. I see other works by the same author, but not the one you describe. And the one book you don't have is the one Peter brought aboard in print. Apparently so. Mission Control to Konyechny. Konyechny, I. I'm sorry to bother you, Doctor. Oh, not a bother, Marcus, unless uh, Nadia objects to my sitting up and talking. I have completed your scan and find that you are in excellent physical health. So all those blows to the head didn't seem to have done any lasting damage? Apparently not, and don't say that it's because I'm my... just glad there's no damage. Well, thank you. Uh, what's... what's happening? I have a kind of a strange suggestion. This is Prithvi clarifying my colleague's statement. It was my suggestion, and if it yields fruit, so to speak, I wanted to remember that the idea was mine. Uh, okay, boys, what are you talking about? Think back to nine or ten years ago. Do you remember Louis Anstey? Oh, the Cult of Earth guy, of course. He neither started the cult nor ever claimed allegiance to but it. But the cult did claim him as their own and paraded with signs that had his picture on I remember. On them. I'm sure there's a point to this. We think you need to talk to him. Well, Marcus doesn't, but I do. No, I'm seeing logic in it. Well, the last I heard years ago was that Anstey had become one of the world's most famous hermits. I, I figured he went underground with the mole people. Well, he may have, but we're pretty sure we can figure out how to track him down. And why, in the name of all sanity and reason, would I want to talk to this guy who I remember as being more or less of a cuckoo bird? He advocated a deeper understanding of the complex communication networks connecting all plant life. And you said the plants in the habitat were behaving in ways that were never seen before or ever heard of. 
Gentlemen, I appreciate your concern, but I have more pressing questions on my mind right now. Uh, 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 oh, oh, but wait. Actually, you two may be just the people to figure this out. I think it's an engineering puzzle, uh, specifically a computer systems puzzle. We'll do what we can, Doctor. Nadia is supposed to have every book known to humankind, everything that had been stored digitally at some point. For all intents and purposes, every book in the world. Right. But just now, I asked her to look at a particular book, a book I've seen in bookstores and libraries all my life, and she couldn't find it. What's the book? It's a collection of poems by Rainer Rilke. The Duino Elegies? Yes, exactly. How did you know that? I have a deep and abiding love for poetry. Can you think of any reason why the Konechny Digital Library would be missing this one fairly common volume? No. No, I can't. No, it's irrational. And get this, Peter had that book, a handsome new edition printed on paper. It's it's probably still in his quarters. I read it. Deeper read it. But the ship's computer has not read it. Apparently not. We're gonna work on this. Okay, then go to it. You're the you're the Baker Street Irregulars, boys, and the game's afoot. But are you going to talk to Louis Anstey? Uh, no. Are you not? No, I am not. Konyechny out. This situation is somewhat awkward. Situation? Listening to conversations that are not only about me, but about some flaw or failing in my internal systems. I imagine this is how children feel when their mothers talk about them to a pediatrician. Well, we have to be realistic, Nadia. Peter did find ways of tampering with your programming. And and, and think about this. Just between you and me, I think his meddling had the happy side effect of triggering your current evolution. I'm not an expert. This is just my theory. But he, he forced your system to accept new instructions. And now it's continuing to do that. But it's accepting instructions from you. You're deciding the changes you want to make in yourself. That is an intriguing theory. And it does strike me as entirely logical. Mission uh, Control Konechny? Uh, Konechny, I. Sophia. Are you in the middle of something? Uh, no more so than usual. Why? I've had an interesting conversation with my mother, after which I did a lot of thinking. Yeah? Yes. And huh, I've come to a conclusion that I think will surprise you, and I hope you'll give me the time to explain. I can't wait to hear this. I wonder if you remember Louis Anstey? Uh, yes. How strange. I think we need to find him and ask him a few questions. Well, brace yourself for a shock. Marcus and Prithvi think so too. Relativity, episode 44, in which a library is missing a book. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Clarence Brown, Scotty Moore, Stephanie Lindsay, and Lee Shackelford. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity. 
Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? It's Girl in Space. Tales of Sage and Savant. The Ninth World Journal. Oz9. Moonbase Theta. Out. It's Girl in Space. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? Find out at wi-fi sci-fi dot o-r-g wi-fi sci-fi